this is Jordan Beal. Welcome to the Rock of Grace podcast from our Kinsman campus. We are passionate about leading people to follow Jesus together, and we're so glad that you're opening the Word of God with us today. I pray God speaks to your heart. Well, tonight's sermon, I changed the title a few times as I was had some ideas in my heart last week, week before, and then I actually changed it on the airplane. <laughs> uh, but God's, God definitely confirmed it. So I just got back um, from Wisconsin on a songwriter's retreat where I was talking to songwriters about songwriting and the music industry. And I'm going to tell a couple of stories from that retreat because it was really beautiful, really powerful. Uh, and uh, I'm just excited for what God put in my heart. There's no slides on the screen. Uh, But I want you, if you're writing notes, I want you to just write this down. Faithful with your flame. Faithful with your flame. Can you guys say that with me? Say, faithful with your flame. I want to tell you about Daniel, all right? I want to talk to you tonight about Daniel. Daniel is a story of incredible bravery and courage, right, as he's kidnapped and taken to Babylon. When it comes to integrity, no one quite stands out to me in the Bible like Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar took the Israelites into captivity when they were exiled and taken into Babylon in 605 B.C. The king, like many before him, was uh, kind of fuming with, with greed and a, and a hunger, a uh, hustle to conquer the world for his own fame and fortune. We, there's a lot of crazy stories about King Nebuchadnezzar, but he literally was just... Um, yeah, just absolutely infatuated with the, the worship of himself. Um, so all of, these, all of these young people were taken, uh, and Daniel stood out uh, as someone who was intellectually really smart, also had incredible good looks, just like Daniel Croats. Can I get an amen? You know. Where you at, buddy? I'm going to weave you in later. Where you at, Daniel? I know you're in here somewhere. Where you at? I'm going to bring it in later, too. I told him earlier I was going to say it. Actually, I'm gonna, can I make the joke that Andrew... No, I shouldn't make the joke that Andrew made once about... Anyway, all right. Imagine being kidnapped, right? Imagine being kidnapped. Because sometimes we got to slow down when you read the Bible, especially if you've already heard the story. Like, especially if you grew up... Anybody grew up with, like, in, in like Sunday school? You know, it was like a flannel board. How many remember flannel board? Thank God we don't have flannel. You know, the little guy fall off. Like, Joseph just died. You put him back up there. You know, how many grew up with a flannel board? Come on. So you might know the story. And, and as I tell the story, you're like, yeah, 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 Babylon. No, you need to stop and realize the dude was kidnapped. H- have y'all ever been, like, tied up and thrown into a van and just taken to another country? I don't think so. Uh, at least most of you, maybe not. Um, he was kidnapped and taken to another culture, another land where there was a new language, there's new people, all his friends are gone, his family's gone. How many of y'all say that sounds pretty awful? It sounds awful. So all in the midst of this, though, Daniel stayed true to his convictions. He knew his identity as a Hebrew child, as a child of Jehovah, as a, as a child of God. This is the same king who threw Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego into the fiery furnace when they refused to worship him. This king was full of pride and arrogance, yet God used Daniel to prophesy truth in a dream that the king had. God then fulfilled Daniel's prophecy and brought the king to a place of humility and desperate need for God. Daniel found courage and the flame in his heart in the private time of prayer. Everybody say this with me, prayer. The private time of prayer. 
And what I fear is so many Christians today know how to go to church, but don't know how to pray. They know how to go to church, but they don't know how to engage God on their own. And David found the flame in his heart right here where God's spirit wants to reside in each of us. And he was faithful with that flame his whole life. He remained faithful to serve God for three kings. Three kings. Everybody say three kings. Right? Daniel held on the promises of God and was faithful. Babylon had fallen to the Persians in 539 B.C. Daniel 531 tells us that Darius received the kingdom, and many have come to believe that a king such as Cyrus may have given it to him, possibly unexpected in the wake of Nebuchadnezzar's death. Other historical records tell us that Darius separated the region, right? This is the first global superpower, right? So if you ever think of like a world economy or a world, you know, uh, a one world government, right, that we all know we're like headed towards as Jesus uh, comes back, this was the first one world government. In fact, the Bible says there was not a place where the sun, there's not a place on the land where the sun shone that he didn't have authority. That's a one world government. So think about this, though. God put Daniel in charge of one of the three of these three separations, these three separated areas. All right. In Daniel chapter five, we learn that Daniel interpreted these dreams that the king had, Belshazzar's father. Daniel was faithful in declaring the message to him, no matter what was going to come about. Y'all realize King Nebuchadnezzar could have just chopped off his head, right? He could have. Daniel was faithful nonetheless to share about his demise. He confronted the king's sin in his pride, and that very night the king was killed, just like Daniel predicted when prophesying. But before he was killed, the king had given Daniel a purple robe. Listen, we were in the prayer room. You guys know God... You guys know you're here on purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're here on purpose. In the prayer room, we ask the intercessors, and I'm going to talk about the prophetic gift a little bit tonight and just the flame that's in you, that, that there's a flame of God's spirit in you. And in the, in the meeting, uh, Will said, you know, anything on your hearts? And Noel's like, I just feel like God's going to put a purple robe on somebody, on people tonight. I'm like, what? Did you open my notes and my iPad? Like, what? God, it's a purple mic. Come on, purple mic up in here. All right, anyway. Crazy. Anyway, God has a purpose for you tonight, and he wants you to, he wants to, re, he wants you to recover the flame. Some of y'all need to dream again. You need to believe God can do something beautiful with your life. Some of you, the, the sludge of life has covered the flame. And for some of you, it's all but burn out. But God's going to light it tonight. Amen. So before he died, right before he died, he prophetically gave him this purple robe. Now remember, Daniel was anointed to serve and he was appointed in Babylon, but by the way, he did not want to be there. I know some of you hear that like, oh, he was given a one third of all the, he didn't want to be there, y'all. He didn't want to be there, but Daniel was chosen and that's where God had him. I want to say this a couple times in the sermon. Only you can bring what you have to the world around you. Now, don't take that in this, like, this weird, ego, narcissistic way, because it's just Jesus and all of us. But only you have a unique combination. Only Andrew, Pastor Andrew, has a unique combination of Pastor Andrew gifts. 
Come on, right? Right? When, when Pastor Andrew is born, <laughs> thank you. Always, Nolan's always going to help us out. You know, if the whole crowd's quiet, Nolan's like, I'll help you, brother. All right. When Pastor Andrew was born, God's like, I put a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that seasoning, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, he said louder. He put all these unique giftings that is the flame of Andrew. So we're going to talk tonight about calling. We're going to talk about gifting. And, and we're not going to go to Romans 12. It's not going to be a, a teaching so much. It's not going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. It's not really, uh, you can go there if you can write those verses down, if you want to, you know, study it more. But I want to talk about the flame of God that's in your heart. See, some of you, you look around and you say, Pastor Jordan, my life, my circumstances are awful. Things are not going good at work. Uh, things are not going good in my, in my family. I don't want to be in this family, right? I don't want to be uh, in this. My relatives treat me. I've had two families in the last week or two be like, you don't understand. My relatives are just jerks. Like they don't, they treat me horrible. Listen, you might not be in the family, right? You might not be in the job that you want to be in, but God has you there. I got good news for you. And somebody like, well, that was inspiring. Try again. Um, <laughs> God has you there. And here's, here's point number two. Some of you are praying to be delivered from the very place God puts you. Why are you going to ask God to take you out of somewhere God puts you in? And God used Daniel to soften the hearts of people and even these, even these kings, as we see later in his life. You see, if we were writing the story of Daniel, we'd have set him free. Come on, right? I mean, if this was a Disney movie, right? How many of you guys love a good ending, right? See, you, I know you, you're hearing me preach this, and like so often in the Bible, there is a good ending. And you, you would love me to say, and then Daniel became king. Right? Insert Simba moment, right? Well, that, that's not what happened. Turn your neighbors and say, that's not what happened. <laughs> king dies, next jerk king. King dies, next tyrant king. And Daniel has the option to be faithful with the flame, with the discernment, with the prophetic gift that he has, or he can get mad at God. And isn't that where we kind of have that option, don't we? And I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been mad at God when God didn't answer my prayer in time. How many of you guys ever had God not answer a prayer and you start to get a little, little snarky with God, Right? But see, God always has a reason. I just had a funny story cross my mind. Yeah, I'll tell you. It's, it's a humbling story. Is that okay? Can I just, all right. So I remember, I remember uh, whining at God. Anybody ever whine to God? <laughs> just me, just five of you, great. I was just whining, and um, I wanted to be a worship leader, and I remember being uh, in Brownsville. And uh, I remember just <laughs> every semester, uh, they'd be like, you know, we just really appreciate your guitar playing. It's like when you ask a girl out and they're like, can we just be friends, you know, when you're a kid, you know. <laughs> it's not me, it's you. <laughs> you know, after seven auditions, I was like, it's not you, it's me, right? But, but I like to say, I just wore them down, you know. <laughs> I just wore them down. Uh, don't amen that, Andrew. But I, at, at the last one, I, re, I remember, I remember, I'd be like, you know what? I'd be, that, that fifth turndown and that sixth turndown, I was like, you know what? God would test me because God would be like, listen, I just want you to be the best guitar player you can be for uh, these other people, for Lydia, for Andrew, these other guys that we were leading, right? You remember, he was, a, Pastor Jason was a drummer on one of the teams. And, 
And I remember I'd be up late figuring out guitar parts, and, the, and I'd be like, Lord, but I want to lead worship. And God's like, but I, I said no. I'm like, okay, that's not fun, but fine. And I'd kind of whine at God. And I'll never forget, this is just a little side story. It wasn't in my sermon, but I hope this helps you. God always has a reason, y'all. So I remember, fast forward, I was, I'd saved up. We built a studio. We're launching Christian artists and working with songwriters. And never forget, I was adding these parts and I heard God say so clearly, he said, this is why I said no. I said, what? Like, I mean, just no one was in the studio. But it was like all of a sudden God was in the. You guys ever had God just like enter your car? You're driving and God's like, hey, how you doing? You know? <laughs> right? Like it was that clear. And God's like, this is why I said no. And I was like, what? What do you mean? What, no, no to what? Like, I mean, I was so clear. And he said, this is why I said no to worship leading. Because you wouldn't have become a proficient musician to help all these other artists. You, because a worship leader, you know, you, you can just rock with just those, those chords. But because I wasn't, God said no, it forced me to just be faithful in what they were asking me to do. Now, I love guitar, but I didn't want, I, I wanted to be worship. Um, God says no sometimes. <laughs> How's that for your first point? Turn to your neighbor, say, yeah, he says no sometimes. I know, it's not very inspiring. I'm, I apologize. Hopefully it'll be inspiring later. <laughs> But Daniel has this prophetic gift, so he can interpret the meaning of dreams. And so God's maybe, you know, he's probably thinking, okay, God, at some point, you're going to use this gift to get me up on out of here. That's not what happened. And year after year after year, Daniel had the choice to be faithful with the flame of God and be patient and just worship God. David had a, I'm sorry, Daniel had a revelation, right, of who Jesus was as the son of man. In fact, listen, y'all, during worship, I was coming out of my skin because every song was preaching my sermon. Those first couple songs about the flame in your heart, and I was like, this is my sermon. This is the first three pages, right? And then, and then she was literally singing, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is, that's the last thing I read today are those words. So God has a message for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a message for you. You see, this picture that Daniel gets is the stone that the builders rejected. It's the same phrase that Paul uses in Ephesians 2, that Jesus Christ is the stone the builders rejected, the little stone that comes and crushes this world government, this government that thought there is no way, there's no way Greece, Rome, and the Persian Empire, nothing's going to topple this government. Yes, his name is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Right? Revelation eleven fifteen tells us the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah and his reign will be forever and ever and ever. Amen? So Daniel 7 gives us this revelation of the Son of Man that would rule and reign forever. By the way, this is the same phrase that when Jesus approaches Pilate, he says, who are you? He says, the Son of Man. And did you know, I discovered this week in my study, that when asked who he was, the most often phrase Jesus used was son of man. Do you know why? In speaking to this Jewish culture, they were used to that phrase, son of man, knowing it was the phrase from Daniel 7, knowing this was the Messiah, this was the one that was going to be given all authority. But when talking about God, Jesus would say, my father. 
Don't you love that Jesus is the son who's given all authority, but he always gives all praise to the father? Because first and foremost, he's just a son. He's a child of God. It's the same identity we have, and it's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. Somebody say identity. So follow Daniel's example of a quiet, alone time with God. Yes, a Pastor Dave, a Pastor Mark might confirm the flame, but they don't give you your flame. It comes only from a quiet place alone with God. I wonder how many Christians are asking God to deliver them from the very place where God has assigned them. Saying, God, get me out of here. God, get me out of this job. And God's like, Monday, go into all the world. So three different kings, he served them each with their assignment. You see, what I want to tell you today is that the flame of God is the spirit of God that rests right here. So when you get saved, everybody put your hand right on your gut, okay? When you get saved, the Bible teaches us that you receive a deposit of the spirit. A deposit. Everybody say deposit. It's the spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. It's the, it's, it's, that's why there's this emotional reaction, tears usually. It's like, oh my goodness, what has happened to me? I feel like a new person. That's the spirit of God entering your flesh and bone, right? So you get this new nature. Now, we also know, though, that there's a second experience um, called the baptism of the Spirit. In the baptism of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit fills you. So in the Old Covenant, the Spirit came upon Samson for great works or came upon David, right, to lead or upon Daniel to prophesy. But in the New Covenant, everybody say, that's me. Turn your neighbor and say, that's me. In the New Covenant, it fills you. And so now there's little Jesuses everywhere. Come on. In the new covenant, the same spirit of God that will come upon someone every now and is now comes in and fills and baptizes and completely immerse. Will, that was for you. Immerses somebody in who he is, his glory, his spirit. So we're baptized in the spirit. And I won't take a long point teaching on that, but I want to tell you, if you've never been baptized in the spirit, seek the, the baptism of the spirit. It is beautiful. It is powerful. It is needed. Listen, y'all, let me tell you what life is like. Let me just, quick tangent. Let me tell you what life is like without the baptism of the Spirit. It's like this uh, Jeep that I got on the side of the road for my kids because all my kids' toys are free. Come on, somebody, you know. <laughs> Anybody else get the free, free toys, right? Anybody, just curious, anybody else do what I just did with Lucas at the mall the other day? I, I'm too, I'm too uh, cheap to spend the quarter, so I just shake the machine. You know, he just gets in there. Uh, so my dad used to do to me. I'm like, well, we're going to the Beals. All right, I'm not going to spend that quarter. Yeah, that has nothing to do with my sermon. Anyway, I got this little yellow Jeep on the side of the road, and that thing runs out of battery so fast. Some of you that know me, the Christy, the Chris know, like Lucas would be like, yeah, it's a good life. And like 30 seconds later, he's like, and it just stops, you know? So many Christians try to operate the Jeep. They try to operate the life without the, the battery. And, and, and it, the Jeep is awesome. The Jeep is salvation. That's where you got to be. But Jesus promises the baptism of the Spirit, and you need it. You need it to get where you're going. Amen? All right, so enough on that. But listen, I want you to hear this. How you steward that flame is your faithfulness. Faithfulness is obedience to God in the season you're in. It's giving the best you have 
where you are with what you have. Faithfulness, faithfulness is giving the absolute best that you can wherever you are with whatever you have. How many want to be faithful? When you stand before Jesus, he is not going to say, well done, good and talented servant. He's not. And some of you are looking at other people and say, oh, I'm not as talented as him, so I'm not going to. No. He's not going to say, well done, good and successful servant. He's not going to say that. Because God doesn't measure success like we Americans measure success. Faithfulness doesn't have anything to do with the outcome of your obedience. The outcome is up to God. Faithfulness is the obedience to do what he's asked you to do, where he's asked you to do it. That's faithfulness, and that's what Daniel was willing to do, no matter what the outcome was. It's no different than David running out to, to take on Goliath. Even Listen, I want to ask you something, just quick, not in my notes, just like, would David have pleased God even if Goliath hadn't died that day? I've never thought of that until just now. I think he would have. You know why? He went out there. If he felt like that's what God wants me to do. You see? It's saying yes to God where you are. Again, if we were writing this story, we would have set Daniel free. Maybe Daniel becomes king, but it's not what happens. He's given the opportunity to just be faithful with the flame, despite a horrible situation. I want to tell you where I was real quick. The last three days, I was with a bunch of songwriters, and God orchestrated something so cool. Um, I had met this guy named James who wrote a, a Grammy-winning song with Maverick City, and he asked me to come down there and help these songwriters, and it was a beautiful time. And I, I want to tell you about the camp director. His son was named Daniel. Daniel was born with neuromuscular disease, which caused him to need a wheelchair to move and an iron lung to breathe. Others had to help him with all the daily care. He grew up in a home environment where this disability, though, was celebrated as this is what made him unique. Now, you have to realize Tony Pallante did not plan on his son having neuromuscular disease. He did not plan on needing to take care of his son the way he had to. But Daniel's attitude in life was remarkable. He became a published writer, an accomplished songwriter, a musician. He traveled for several years teaching about disability awareness, teaching everybody that we're all special needs. How many of you guys realize we're all special needs? It's just some are visible and some are not. When I heard that line, I about teared up, especially when, you know, people going up and sharing their story. By the way, I want to say this. These songwriters, most of whom were not Christian, could teach the American, could teach the church about honesty and vulnerability. A lot of songwriters coming from all over, Canada, New York, Los Angeles, and they were some of the most honest people. I was like, man, these people are more honest than people in my church. And it was beautiful. And God was doing some really cool things there. But Daniel didn't treat this Special need literally had to be put in a tube to breathe for several, sometimes eight, sometimes 10 hours a day. And then he would go out and minister. And this beautiful, humble, courageous approach to life inspired them to create Camp Daniel. Now, Daniel went home to be with the Lord, but Camp Daniel now serves 
people with special needs every weekend, every week, beautiful large camp. They have a $5 million property all just donated, just given. This guy never thought he would be doing that. How many of y'all has ever had something happen in your life you did not plan on? Don't you think it's funny when we tell God, you know, God, I think what, I think what I'd like to happen in about 10 years, God, this is my 10-year plan. I would just like to inform you if you could just tell Gabriel and just pass it around, maybe a giant email up in heaven that in 10 years we're going to do this, in 20 years we're going to do this. And God's like, mm-hmm, over here, over here. And in every one of these seasons, we can say, oh, God, you're going to be, you're gonna, I'm going to serve you when I, and God's like, no, just serve me right now. Just love me right now where I am. You see, this little flame, and I want to illustrate this, this little flame in Daniel's heart, it's small, but it had a huge impact. And this Tony, his son's, Daniel, just, what God, what is going to come of this life? And I, I could, the stories that came out of who he got to minister to was remarkable. And you think about Daniel, this little boy, little Jewish boy, taken off to Babylon, getting to impact world power. So we're going to shut off all the lights, and I want you to see what one little candle can do. Because some of you have really, you've really talked really down about yourself. And you really don't think that you have anything to give. But the world is getting darker and darker and darker, and you have a flame. You have a flame within your heart. His name is Jesus. And it's the spirit of God in you. And you know what we know about a little flame like this? If we were to wait here about 20 minutes, maybe 10, some of y'all be able to walk around the room, right? Your eyes adjust. This little flame has a huge impact. It's small. It's just one. But... Most, if not all of you, can see it. Pardon my uh, pulpit is in the way of a few people over there. But this one little flame can light up a room. We're going to turn the lights back on. I want to tell you that your life, if you'll let it, can be remarkable. No matter where you are. If you're a a school teacher, you're a stay-at-home mom, Maybe you're a graphic designer. Maybe you, maybe you work in construction. you got this little flame where Jesus resides. And you can be making a huge impact tomorrow for the Son of Man. Tomorrow. And we have to stop saying, well, you know, one day in the future are my flames not like their flame. So I want to talk about three things. Now, some of you know me well. You know this is, this is the core of a, of a um, book I've been working on. I want you to hold up three numbers with me. Hold up identity. No, one, one finger, say identity. Right, that's sonship. Number two, say calling. And number three, say season. Okay, here's what I want you to understand. My identity is the same as David Brock's. My identity is the same as Michelle Brock's as Donna Anderson, children of God. How many are so excited that you're a child of God? My calling is to make disciples of all nations, to lead people to follow Jesus together, if we were to use a phrase like Rock of Grace, right? How I uniquely walk out my calling, though, is 
my personal mission statement. So I remember being challenged to create a personal mission statement uh, in my last year of Bible college. We were on a ministry trip. And I don't remember who the speaker was, but I remember really feeling it that day. How many of you guys have ever been in a church? So you know, there's certain services that really God's arresting you. And I'll never forget, I sat down, and I wrote down, inspire people to love Jesus more and create with the creator. And that's been my life mission for 18 and a half years since that day, since my last year of Bible college. I put a lot of things through that filter. If something comes across my table and it doesn't inspire people to love Jesus more, I'm not going to do it. But there's some things that come across my table that I think maybe, oh, you know, that doesn't usually look like what could inspire people to love, Je- to love Jesus more. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, it does, actually. Like, there's been a lot of times where I've gone to these musician events and I'm prophesying to people as they come to the table and we're talking. Because my life's mission is to inspire people to love Jesus more. What's your life mission? What's your flame? And I would venture that a lot of us in the room don't know our life mission. So I'm just going to leave this here in an awkward silence for a minute. Do you know your flame? Do you know your life mission? Your calling? What is it that makes you, you? Because the world needs your flame. The world needs your flame, your gifting. The season just happens to be where you are. So for me right now, Rock of Grace and Kinsman and Trumbull County, that's my season. 20 years from now, I could be in Asia. I don't know. Don't go. I, I, I won't, but you hear me. I say I won't, but then God's like, watch Asia, right? 2050. Anyway, you get the idea. Okay, so, so Mark Beal, Pastor Mark, how many are thankful for Mark Beal and the impact he's made, right? Mark Beal is in a new season. You see what I'm saying? But he's a child of God. That's his first thing. See, a lot of people get all wrapped up in their season. So, you, get, you know, when you don't know who you are as a child, you go around with an empty cup waiting for someone to give you approval. Just, just, just tell me who I am. Tell me I'm good enough. And this is where a lot of Amer- this is where a lot of Christians are in the world. They walk around just fill my cup. That's why a, a, a word that could be slightly offensive just absolutely shatters them. How many of you guys know though? Half of America, ninety nine percent of America is offended. Like right now, like I just feel like I'm being offended, so I'm just going to pick someone. You over there, you've offended me. <laughs> I'm leaving, leaving this or leaving that. Right? Why? Because sonship isn't the core of who they are. See, I'm so loved by the Father. You could come kick me in the shin. I'd be like, wow, that really hurt. Uh, probably not going to hang out with you too much, but I love you. And I would probably forget about it. And I'd just tell a funny story about it later. Right? My, ch- my, my identity is a child of God. So if God changes my assignment, I don't go, ah, I don't, I don't, right? It's new. God always has new assignments for us. So God has a new assignment. Right now, Pastor Mark and Pam, they're, in, they're helping hurting churches. How I many I said that's important, right? Transitional church, right? Hugely important. So it's different. It comes with new challenges. And by the way, when you step into that new assignment with your little flame, I have news for you. It's like parenting. You don't know what you're doing. How many of you guys ever said yes to something of God and you don't even know? Like, I remember my first year pastoring, I'd be like, I hope they don't figure out that I don't know what I'm doing. Every day, right? 
And if you're real, you know what I'm talking about. Like if you're, if you're honest with yourself, you step in. How many guys have stepped into a new season with God and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, Lord. You got you to help me. You got to throw me a lifeline, <laughs> right? I'm five years in. I still don't know what I'm doing. Sorry, staff. I'm just winging it, just so you know. <laughs> I heard that, David. I heard that. I have sonic ears, remember? Producer ears, I heard that. No, all right. Again, God won't say, well done, good and talented servant. God won't say, well done, good and successful servant. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful. Faithfulness is giving the best that you can where you are with your flame. Right? So when God says, move, you move, and you let the next people come up with their flame. So, Again, your, your calling, your flame is unique to you. Again, my identity, I'm a child of God. I'm fully loved, fully known. This is where I get my sense of belonging and approval. It's where I'm, I'm God's. My calling, my calling, right, is to make environments and plant churches and raise up leaders. That's what, I, that's what makes me passionate. It's where my, so you might say, well, okay, how do I know what my calling is? Have you guys ever wondered, like, what is my calling? So I'm going to make this, like, really practical, if I can, for just a second. Your calling, how can you find that? It's where your gifts and your passions collide. Somebody, especially in the church, the, the spiritual moms and dads in your life may have affirmed you in a certain thing. If a spiritual mom or dad in a church, a, a, a deacon or a life group member, or a pastor or somebody has told you, hey, you know, you should consider, you should really consider. Because that's something maybe God's given you to do, a passion of yours. I also thought about this. I wish I had a little matchstick up here. Because I would close my eyes. I remember on the airplane, I was like, Lord, how else do people find their calling? And the Lord reminded me of something. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing that I did as a kid. I think our calling has like matchstick moments when we were a child. Because in our childhood, we don't have the encumbrance of how much money is it going to take. I remember being in this gym. There was a basketball hoop right there. And I remember it hitting me. Why are they listening to me? I was like 40 pounds, just a little more than today. No, uh, a little, just a little shorter. And I remember looking around and telling everybody what team they were going to be on. And I told them, we're going to have a three and three, and you, 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 and you're on my team, and you're on my team. And I remember then going, why do they all just listen to me? They're all older than me, but everybody just listened. And this happened to me a couple of times. And I remember typing on the plane, and I would go, and the Holy Spirit said, yeah, that's because that's your flame. Leadership is your flame. I was like, oh, right? Now, some people probably like, wow, he's a pushy little guy, isn't he? You know? So think back to your childhood. Can you just be curious as a child for a minute? See, a lot of you, you got, you got way too grown up. The older you get, you got bills to pay. You got a mortgage. How many got a mortgage up in here? You know, you got things to do. So your curiosity goes out the window. We need to be childlike again and say, I want you to think back. We just think for a minute. Close your eyes even, if you don't mind. I want the Holy Spirit to bring you a picture of the flame in your heart. What was something that just came really easy to you that you loved? That is a, that's a sign. That's a breadcrumb to your calling. 
Does anybody have a memory? If you nod, just nod along if you've got a memory. Yeah, many of you are nodding. Isn't that cool? Do you know when you ask God, by the way, to speak to you? You guys can open your eyes now. I know some of you are nodding off. Like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> do you know when you ask God to speak to you that he'll speak to you? Isn't that cool? He does. He's, he's a good shepherd. He speaks to you. So when almost all of you nodded yes when I said, how many of you, God, God's spirit gave you a memory right then? That's a memory. That's a moment where God said, that's a flame. That's your flame. So think back to that. And I want you in the next week or two, maybe some, take a month, and I want you to truly think through what is your flame. Now, again, it's all about Jesus, but calling is how you lead people to Jesus. Do you hear that? So for me, I love to build environments and leaders and, and music. These are a couple things I like to make so that people find Jesus. Simple, right? And for some of you, you love to cook, right? So you make meals to bless people, to show them the love of Jesus. How many of you guys are thankful for those people in your life? Come on. I'm so thankful for the Ellen Vossler's in my life. I feel like when I enter heaven, Ellen Vossler's just going to be like, ooh, with a meal, you know. Her food is just amazing. I don't know how I hit that note, Jason. That was pretty, this guy hits some notes, man. It's crazy. That spirit of Jason on me. All right. I want to say a couple more things and we'll wrap this up. Hey, parents, your child has a flame. I'll close my laptop and the Holy Spirit said one more. I said, okay. If your child is bad at math, but they're amazing on the soccer field, don't get them a math tutor. Get them a soccer coach. If your child is bad at English, but great at math, Get them around some financial advisors. Don't get them an English tutor. We got this all messed up. Some of you are trying to make your children well-rounded, and God has already tried to make them specialized. Right? My parents were wise enough to listen. I, I was thinking, Dad, I was writing this down, and I was like, my parents sent me to Nashville when I was 16. That's darn near neglect. I could have got robbed and mugged up in there. Well, was that, like 50 pounds by that time? I, maybe. i never forget. This was before Uber and iPhones. I remember I showed up. I was like, is there a taxi around here? And they're like, are you lost, little lad? You know? And I made my way through the airport. I don't know why I did this. Apparently I, apparently, I walked like a seal when I was 16. I walked through the airport. Never forget it. And I walked up, and I'm like, is this gonna, can this take me to the... Uh, whatever Char Charleston Hotel or whatever it was, like, yeah, actually, you're going to get on bus seven. I'll never forget this. I was terrified. I did. I, I remember thinking, like, why did my mom say yes to this? Love you, mom. But this is actually all a, a, a prayer. This is actually all a good thing. But I remember getting in that conference, and, and Justin, I remember sitting there, and they're teaching my song, and I'm like, what? Yes. And I'm writing down notes. And I'm getting really excited about writing songs. And at the end of that event, and I, I remember at the end of that event, they, they said, okay, we're going to pick a couple songs, and they, and they called my name. And I was like, oh, I think a little pee ran down my leg. How many guys got nervous? You know, you know, you get really excited. You're like, ah, right? I still get that way when I walk into Guitar Center. You know what I'm talking about, Franklin. I'm like, oh, man, just get excited. I get real excited. Anyway, that was my little flame. You see, my parents didn't go, all right, Jordan, yeah, music. Okay. Right? My parents didn't, my parents got me a guitar. 
And then the next year, they got me a piano. You see what I'm saying? My dad didn't go, you know, you got to see in English, which, by the way, it was a D. If they had an E, it would have just been an E. But my, I don't ever remember my dad. This was so brilliant. I don't ever remember my dad going, you know, son, you're really bad at math, and you got to figure that out because life's going to be horrible for you if you don't figure that out. You know, he never said that to me. Isn't that beautiful? And I, I'd never realized this until I'm 40 years old. He was like, here's a guitar. Parents, how many of you guys are parents in the room? Raise your hand if you're a parent. Your child has a flame. Notice it. God has made them specialized. Quit trying to make them well-rounded. God, four, four things. I'll close with this. Four fears to your flame. Number one, fear of going first. Number two, fear of the unknown. Number three, fear of being rejected, which, by the way, that's solved with sonship because, see, I'm already loved. So it doesn't matter if you reject me because I have a father who loves me. He thinks I'm awesome. And number four, fear of wasted effort. Let's say that again. The fear that will stop you from just carrying that flame into your workplace and wherever you are. Fear of going first. Fear of the unknown. Fear of being rejected. And fear of wasted effort. God does not, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, say this verse with me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to stand up to your feet as I read this verse as the band comes up. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. That's a great spot for an amen, right? To the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. You see, Daniel had to keep thinking about the place he was going. This is why the prosperity gospel won't work for you. If the gospel that you hear doesn't work in the Middle East, it's not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus died to save you of your sins, and he's taken you someplace where everything is perfect, but it's not here. You guys doing okay? Yeah. An inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, whom by God's power are being guarded through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed. You see, Daniel spoke of a time ready to be revealed. It was just a little flame in his heart that some people misunderstood, right? Other people in the jail cell, they actually misunderstood at first. We won't go there, but it's, let me say real quick. It's okay if people misunderstand your flame. God will bring you people who understand your flame. That's a sermon for another day, but I want to tell you, it's okay if someone has misunderstood your flame. Don't let them put your flame out. Don't ever let a man put God's flame out. Amen? Think about that. This is a, a, a treasure, the Bible says, more precious than gold. How many love the Word of God? This is, I'm just reading the Word. More precious than gold that perishes yet is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor to Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. How many of you love Jesus? Though you do not see him, you believe in him. How many believe in Jesus? 
and rejoice in the joy that is inexpressible and is filled with glory, obtaining one day the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your very soul. I love the Word of God. I want to read one more. Look at this. Count in all joy, brothers, when you meet trials. Now, this does not work in the American church. This is not say, make a deal with God, make a contract. If you do your part, he'll do his part. No, that's not what it says. Quit making deals with God and just say, I'm gonna be faithful to Jesus because he forgave me of my sins. Count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. In other words, faithfulness. Let the steadfastness have full effect that you may be perfect, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, just ask God. He gives generously without reproach or favoritism. But let him ask in faith without doubting. The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, tossed here and there. For that person must not suppose to receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. See, Daniel knew one day his life was going to end. And it didn't matter whether he was exalted or not. It didn't matter whether he got any praise or not. All he cared about was the praise of the Son of Man. All he cared about was the praise of Jesus, this man that he saw in his mind's eye. Blessed is the man who remains faithful under trial. Everybody say faithful. Blessed is the man who remains faithful under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive a crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Do you love Jesus? Do you want the crown of life? Then don't let the flame go out. And I want to tell you, figure out what the flame is. Figure out what the flame is. For most of you, you're not going to quit your job tomorrow. God's already put you there. That's your assignment. Don't ask God to deliver you from that. But some of you do know there's a picture of something in your future. In fact, I want to pray for you if that's you. I want you to just uh, raise your hand if you say, you know what, Pastor Jordan, I do know there's a picture that I have in my future of something I'm supposed to be doing. I know that to some of you, you already have that. Just raise your hand if that's you. I feel like there's a number of you that you're like, okay, I want to be faithful in the season I'm in, but I have prayed and I have feel, I do feel there's a picture. Yeah, excellent. I just want to pray for you. Let's just all pray. Can we just all pray for everybody who's already got that picture? I pray, I pray faithfulness. I pray stewardship. Wow. Thank you, God. I thank you for faithfulness. I thank you for favor because of faithfulness. We can't earn it. We can't earn it. But all I'm saying is we are going to position ourselves before the king. We're going to be faithful. And for the rest of you, now put your hands down. And if you say, the rest of you say, I still want to figure out what my flame is. Would you just raise your hand? Again, it's leading people to Jesus. It's the great commission. We all have the same calling. It's how you do it. That's all I'm talking about. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you. Right? Should be the rest of you. God, I pray for discernment. I pray, I pray just wisdom right now. The band's going to play. We're not going to sing quite yet, but I want the band to just play. Because I feel like there's anointing on the music right now. God's going to give you a picture. Guys, I remember, I remember moments where I had pictures of my, of my future self. I kid you not. 
and then I've lived out some of those things. It was amazing, the faithfulness of God. Right now, I pray a picture in your mind. Can you see it? What is it? Maybe it's your boss leading your boss to Jesus. Maybe it's amazing graphic design. What is it?